0: Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. I am Steve Johnson and you should know that by now. Because, well, unless you haven't listened before. And then I guess you shouldn't know that. But if you don't know that, then hi, I'm Steve Johnson and my two cats are fighting in the background. And growling and hissing at each other. This should be fun to watch. It's too bad this isn't a video. We could record it. Okay, I think I can continue recording now, because they might be done, although, I don't know. I paused it for a second, because they were really going at it there for a minute. You yeah, know, looks like they might have stopped now, but I'm not sure. And They're kind of giving each other the evil eye, so they might not be done tackling each other and stuff yet. We'll see. Anyway, um... Again, this is Steve Johnson of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast, and I'm easily distracted. Um, if you would like to contact me or reach out to me to have any questions, comments, uh, topic ideas, we're in the book of Genesis right now. We're going to be doing chapter 43 for this episode. Um, if you have any you know, objections, like I said, questions, ideas on how to make the podcast better, um Really, just anything whatsoever. Um, you can reach out to me at wisdomonwheels. Oh, excuse me. Let me try that again. wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com Again, that's wisdomonwheels, all one word. wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com So now, like I said, we're going to be beginning uh, Genesis 43 in our Precept Ministries Bible study through the book of Genesis. And the first thing you always do in any Precept Ministries study, regardless of what it is, is to observe the text that you're studying. And so that's what we're going to do. And we do that by going to our Word of Promise audio Bible. The Word of Promise app. And we go to... Genesis chapter forty three, I think. If it will actually work. I always have this problem when I'm trying to get this thing going. I should have had it going before I ever clicked on this uh, thing to record, but I this is not cooperating. Go figure. So here's what we're gonna do instead. We're gonna we're gonna do the NIV this time. We're gonna go to uh, Bible Gateway. Sorry, Life Church. I know uh, you got some good stuff on New Version too, and usually I go with you guys. But um, I kind of like this NIV dramatized version, and I think I only have it on. It's only available on Bible Gateway, if I'm not mistaken. So that's what we're gonna go with. And like I said, so now we're gonna type in Genesis forty-three, and here. We, hang on, not that one, not Max McLean, I want the dramatized NIV.
1: Chapter 43. There we go. Now the famine was still severe in the land. So when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, Go back and
2: buy us a little more food. But Judas said to him, The man warned us solemnly, You will not see my face again unless your brother is with you.
0: So, when they had eaten all the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said, Go back and buy us a little more food. So, Jacob, I guess, has made a decision here. And he said, You know, at the end of the last chapter, basically said, You know, you're not taking Benjamin, too. Um. Uh, you know I've lost Joseph he was killed or so he thought Uh, Simeon's now being held captive you know I'm not losing another son so I guess he was willing to uh, he he was so paralyzed by fear I should say not willing he was so paralyzed by fear about losing three sons that he was willing to let the second one stay in Egypt I suppose But and but now they so they they they've eaten all the food that they brought back from Egypt, and they need more, and now Judah is like, uh, hey, you know, that guy told us that we're not going to get our brother back until we bring the youngest one with us. So I know you want us to go get some more food, Dad, but. Uh, Sorry, no go. (laughs) So, anyway, hang on here. I'm going to have to start this over. Uh, That way we can pick that up where it should be. Hang on. One second here. Okay, we'll start that over.
1: Chapter 43. Now the famine was still severe in the land. So when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, Their father said to them,
2: Go back and buy us a little more food. But Judas said to him, The man warned us solemnly, You will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother along with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down, because the man said to us, You will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Israel asked.
3: Why did you bring this trouble on me? By telling the man you had another brother!
0: So, it calls him Israel here because remember earlier in Genesis, Jacob's name was changed by God from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means heel catcher or deceiver and Israel means uh, wrestles with God or one who struggles with God. And um, But so uh, Judah reminds him, hey, you know, we can't get any more food unless we take our youngest brother back with us. And he's chastising them for mentioning that they had a young girl.
2: They replied, the man questioned us closely about ourselves and our family. Is your father still living? He asked us. Do you have another brother? We simply answered his questions. How are we to know he would say bring your brother down here then judas said to israel his father Send the boy along with me and we will go at once so that we and you and our children may live and not die I myself will guarantee his safety You can hold me personally responsible for him If I do not bring him back to you and set him here before you will bear the blame before you all my life as it is if we had not delayed we could
0: have gone and returned twice then their father Israel said to them it could have gone and returned twice so it's an 11 day trip so if they could have gone and returned twice that tells you that about 44 days has passed because to go would take 11 days to come back would take 11 more to go again and come back would be 11 more. So it's been about 44 days, or about six weeks, a little over six weeks, that their other brother that they left behind, Simeon, is um, still in, in prison there, uh, or, he, or he's been or he's been held back by Joseph, even though they don't know it's Joseph yet. Um, so they've let. Pretty good amount of time passed here. I, I, I would be wondering if I was the brother left in Egypt. What, are they not coming back? Did something happen to them? Are they they're just gonna leave me hanging here? What's up with this? Uh, uh hello. I'm still here. Um. So. I understand Jacob's apprehension here. I mean he doesn't want to risk losing another son. That's completely understandable. But he's he's running out of options here. He really didn't have any to start with. but he's used up all of his borrowed time if you will so now he's got to make the hard choice you know one of the questions in this bible study says how would you handle this same situation Um, let me see if I can find the exact thing Um, ask yourself how you think you would handle these situations and compare this with the responses and or attitudes of those in this chapter i don't think jacob has any choice he obviously doesn't want to take to send his youngest son with them because i mean for all he knows he sent his favorite son joseph to go check on his brothers one day and they came back without him and said he was killed why should he trust them that he's going to look, that they're going to look after his youngest son now. I, I understand where he's coming from. His feelings are perfectly legitimate in this case. Not all feelings are. His, in this case, are. Um, but, again, he's, he's running out of options. and I And I understand, too, where the brothers are coming from um you know they they can't disrespect their father by kidnapping their brother and saying look we're hungry we know what's best we're going so they kind of have to wait on him to give them the green light but i think you know they obviously i mean they were there they saw the reaction they got to see this person that they didn't recognize as joseph Um, They got to interact with him personally through the interpreter So It's not like I Mean Jacob hasn't experienced this. He doesn't know. I mean he knows what they told him and what they told him right But they actually saw him they heard him they, they heard the response themselves they know they were there And so I kind of, in this case at least, I sympathize with the brothers because obviously they're on the right track. Again, in this case.
3: If it must be, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your bags and take them down to the man as a gift. A little balm and a little honey. Some spices and myrrh. Some pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double the amount of silver with you. For you must return the silver that was put back into the mouths of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake.
0: So, look, I don't know how all this stuff that you took with you, uh, you and you brought back, um, I don't know how you came back with it, but you gotta double it. You gotta take it. You gotta take the finest gifts that we can give and give them to this man. So that he will honor his word and bring and you can bring my boy back and with, with the food so we don't starve. And again, I understand where all these people are coming from. I understand where Jacob's coming from. I mean, for most of his life Jacob was a deceiver himself. He was very he was very cunning, very sometimes deceptive, he was a schemer. Uh, so it's only natural that he would expect those ki- that kind, those kinds of characteristics from others, just out of habit. I mean, sure, God's revolutionized his life; he's changed it. He's, he's really he's on the right path with God now. But still, those those old habits, diehard mentality, or those old memories of, yeah, I know how people are. I used to be one of them. Uh, you know, I used to be one of those people. I know how, I don't I don't know exactly what's going on here, but I don't trust this. I totally get where Jacob's coming from. It's perfectly understandable. I understand where everybody's coming from in this case. Joseph, Jacob, the brothers, all of them, they all of their what would I do differently in each of their situations? I'm not sure I would do anything differently. I think they're they're all behaving in ways that if you understand their histories and what they know at the time they're all behaving in ways that I think you would expect someone to act in such cases so now we're going to continue on
3: take your brother also and go back to the man at once. And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, so that he will let your other brother and Benjamin come back with you. As for me, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved.
1: So the men took the gifts and doubled the amount of silver, and Benjamin also. They hurried down to Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house,
3: Take these men to my house. Slaughter an animal and prepare a meal. They are to eat with me at noon."
1: The man did as Joseph told him and took the men to Joseph's house.
0: So they make that 11 day journey back to, to Egypt and I'm sure they didn't know what to expect. I mean for all they know this guy's gonna think that he stole from them and now they have the nerve to come back. Um. but here they are seeking their brother and seeking sustenance to continue living just like everybody else is at that time so but Joseph's reaction is not to continue to treat them harshly because he did what they they did what he wanted so he says we're gonna prepare a banquet, if you will. We're going to prepare a a feast. And they're going to, you guys are all invited. Well, that's going better than I'm sure they would have expected. What about Joseph's reaction? Would you have handled that the same way? Here are these guys, I mean, they were your your family and they are personally responsible for you being sold into slavery and and all the terrible things that happened throughout your life can all be traced back to their actions so would you have handled things the same way Joseph did would you have handled uh, if not what would you have done differently Um, you can comment on social media and all the places I post post this Uh, you can can send me an email wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com uh, just let me know what you think. Uh, do you think that this would, uh, do you think you would handle things the same way that Joseph did here? Again, knowing what Joseph knows.
1: Now the men were frightened when they were taken to his house. They thought, we were brought here because of the silver that was put back into our sacks the first time. He wants to attack us.
0: And oh. Over- okay so yeah they, I mean uh, they weren't just like and I said they were probably relieved I guess I should have kept listening because they actually weren't <laughs> uh, they this is a plot we're still you know God's still against us for what he did here for, for what for what we did to Joseph I mean
1: power us and seize us as slaves and take our donkeys. So they went up to
0: Joseph Stewart. He wants our donkeys. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I, you know, whenever I'm suspicious of somebody, that's the first thing I think. They want my donkeys. Darn it! They always want my donkeys. Everybody wants my donkeys. (laughs) That's funny. I said that. I wish I could back that up and play that over, but I don't want to mess up the timing. Let me see if I can back that up. Just a few seconds and see. Let me see here if I can... I don't think I can. Bummer. I wanted to play that again. He wants our donkeys. Oh well. Then spoke to
2: him at the entrance of the house. We beg your pardon, our lord, they said. We came down here the first time to buy food. But at the place where we stopped for the night, we opened our sacks and each of us found his silver, the exact weight in the mouth of his sack. So... We have brought it back with us. We have also brought additional silver with us to buy food. We don't know who put our silver in our sacks. It's all right, he said. Don't be afraid. Your God, the God of your father, has given you treasure in your sacks. I received your silver."
1: Then he brought Simeon out to them. The steward took the men into Joseph's house, gave them water to wash their feet, and provided fodder for their donkeys they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon, because they had heard that they were to eat there. When Joseph came home, they presented to him the gifts they had brought into the house, and they bowed down before him to the ground. He asked them how they were.
0: So now they bowed again. Remember earlier on they said that they were going to bow down to to Joseph when he, about 20 years before, had a prophetic dream from God that His brothers were going to bow down to him one day. Now they've done it twice. They did it the first time uh, when they met him, and then again this time. Now again, they still don't know that this is Joseph. So, they're they're still thinking this is just some Egyptian official that's taken uh, an unusual interest in their lives in the details of it. And
1: then he said,
2: How is your aged father you told me about? Is he still living? They replied, Your servant, our father, is still alive and well. And they bowed down,
1: prostrating themselves before him. As he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son,
0: he asked,
3: Is this your youngest brother?
0: So again, there's the the connection between Joseph and Benjamin, both of them come from Rachel, and he's, he's going to be overcome here, hang
3: on. one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son.
1: Deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to
0: weep. And that's what I meant by overcome. He's he doesn't want to weep in front of his brothers he's not ready to reveal himself to them just yet and so he goes out and weeps privately What do you think that is? why is he weeping? and again I think I think the answer is obvious I mean there's his brother that he loves um... and he hasn't seen him in so long and there he is and I mean, there's his other brothers bowing before him. He heard their conversation and their guilty conscience over what they did to him by about 20 years prior. This is a lot for any one person, especially all this stuff that's happened that's all led up to this particular moment.
1: He had washed his face he came out and controlling himself said serve the food they served him by himself the brothers by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because Egyptians could not eat with
0: Hebrews so Egyptians couldn't eat with Hebrews um that's why they're all eating separately even though they're they're eating together they're 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 all participating in the same meal but they aren't eating like at the same table but notice how Joseph he weeps so much that he had to go wash his face and compose himself so that they wouldn't know he'd been crying the deep emotion here is obvious by the wording of the text for that is detestable to Egyptians detestable to Egyptians, meaning detestable to eat with Hebrews.
1: The men had been seated before him in the order of their ages, from the firstborn to the youngest, and they looked at each other in astonishment. When portions were served to them from Joseph's table, Benjamin's portion was five times as much as anyone else's. So they feasted and drank freely with him.
0: That's uh you know, so there's Joseph is hinting kind of at them like, "Hey guys, you figured out who I am yet?" He's arranged all the seating to where the youngest to the oldest, or well, oldest to youngest, whatever, and they're all baffled because it's not like he—it's not like they told him, you know, their ages or which one was first, second, third, and so on. But he already knew. That's why earlier on, when I, when I did the blog post a couple of days ago on the previous chapter, or on, excuse me, chapter um, 41, and I talked about the meaning of the names of Joseph's children. One was forget forgetfulness and one was fruitfulness. And I said, just because God caused him to forget, as he said, that doesn't mean he forgot that his family existed. It doesn't mean he forgot everything about them he obviously remembers a lot about them what he forgot was the pain and the emotion that had come with that, God had helped him to forget that so that is the end of Genesis chapter 43 those are my observations on the chapter as the study has us look at and observe the text all the way through we've talked about the events of the chapter and um is there anything else here it says uh the next question says now because we don't want to leave you hanging in the middle of a good story read genesis 44 and record the main events in this chapter as before Also mark any reference to sin or iniquity. Well, so we're going to go ahead, I guess, and go into chapter 44. I wasn't expecting to do that right now, but we'll go ahead and do that. And uh, we'll continue on there. Um, So we're going to pay attention for sin and iniquity the mention of those things, and we're going to observe this chapter just like we did Genesis 43.
1: Chapter 44 Now Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house.
2: Fill the men's sacks with as much food as they can carry, and put each man's silver in the mouth of his sack. Then put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the silver for his grain.
1: And he did, as Joseph said. As morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkeys they had not gone far from the city when Joseph said to his steward go after
2: those men at once and when you catch up with them say to them why have you repaid good with evil isn't this the cup my master drinks from and also uses for divination this is a wicked thing you have done
0: why do you think Joseph did what he did here what is the possible explanation for doing all this, giving all this to his brothers and then having them chased after as if they had stolen when he clearly knows that they did not. Here's what the NIV application commentary on Genesis says. The test of the silver cup is designed to see if the brothers are still inclined to abandon one of Rachel's sons who receives preferential treatment, in this case not only from Jacob, but also from this powerful Egyptian official. When Joseph's servant catches up to the brothers and sets forth the accusation, they are so sure of their innocence that they invoke the death penalty on anyone who is found with the treasured cup. This echoes the offer made by Jacob when Laban accuses him of stealing the household idols. The finding of the silver cup offers yet another example of the steward's comment of the day before of the day before that God put treasure in their sacks. So according to this commentary, the reason for Joseph's thing that he did was because he was testing them to see, okay, are you gonna do to your other favored younger brother, what you've, youngest brother, what you've already done to me? Let's put them to the test. Let's see when the pressure's on, the heat is on really hot, you know, really high this time. Let's see what they do. Because I know what they did to me. And look how long it took them to come back. Now, let's put him to the real test and see what they do. Are they going to throw him under the bus to save their own butts or what? And I guess this should have been obvious, that he, what he was trying to do. I looked up some commentary notes on this to see what was said. And now that I've read that, it kind of makes sense as to why he would... I mean, he's been testing them, really, this whole time. Right? He's been speaking through an interpreter. Uh, not knowing them, not knowing that he can understand every word they're saying, they send him back without one of their brothers to see if they're going to return. And then, when they take so long to return, he sends them again, and you know, so he can catch them of deception, catch them in supposed deception, even though they haven't deceived anyone, just to see, you know, again, are they going to throw him under the bus or are they going to? I mean, what is their reaction going to be? Um, so there's just a, that that would help to explain why he did that, and again, I shouldn't have had to look that up because it's kind of obvious now that I've read it.
1: When he caught up with them, he repeated these words to them. But they
2: said to him, Why does my lord say such things? Far be it from your servants, to do anything like that. We even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver we found inside the mouths of our sacks. So why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If any of your servants is found to have it, he will die, and the rest of us will become my lord's slaves.
0: You'd think they would learn about making rash statements like that, especially since they already left once and and had stuff with them they didn't know that they had. You'd think they would think twice before making such comments. But that's not much different than Jacob's reaction when, when uh, Laban accused them of stealing the household gods, like, it was, like I read in that one commentary note. So there we go.
3: Very well then, he said. Let it be as you say. Whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. Each of them quickly lowered his sack to the ground
1: and opened it. Then the steward proceeded to search, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothes. Then they all loaded their donkeys and returned to the city. Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in. And they threw themselves to the ground before him. Joseph said to them.
3: What is this you have done? Don't you know that a man like me can find things out by divination? What can we
2: say to my...
0: Do we really think that Joseph was practicing divination? No, absolutely not. He'd been so loyal to God from the earliest time in his life. I don't think he's actually using divination, but this is all part of the act that he's been perpetrating on his brothers this whole time, again as a means of testing them.
2: My lord, Judah replied, what can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my lord's slaves, we ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. But Joseph said, far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you go back to your father in peace. Then
1: Judah went up to him and said,
2: Pardon your servant, my lord. Let me speak a word to my lord.
0: Before he speaks a word, um, I just, you know, what a test. I mean, he's literally leaving the door wide open for the very thing that he expects them to do he's really testing them he expects them given their past history to say hey you know and, you know these guys these guys are so untrustworthy they're going to i just know if i keep pouring this on they're going to buckle and flee and leave their brother here but he's testing them to see if that's actually what's going to happen. It's a very shrewd smart thing to do. And if you're suspecting someone of something to to test them with the very thing that you suspect them of.
2: Do not be angry with your servant though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. My lord asked his servants Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, we have an aged father, and there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead, and he is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me so I can see him for myself. And we said to my lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him what my lord had said. Then our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we cannot go down, only if our youngest brother is with us will we go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me, and I said, he has surely been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too, and harm comes to him, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. So now, if the boy is not with us when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father i said if i do not bring him back to you i will bear the blame before you my father all my life now then please let your servant remain here as my lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No. Do not let me see the misery that would come on my father.
1: Chapter
0: 45. No, we're not going to 45 right now. But yes, that's... um. I just played that whole thing out because the whole... Most of the rest of that chapter is basically the, the repeat of everything that's already happened, as if Joseph wasn't there for it. And he's like, hey, look, you, know, you can't do this. And then he repeats the whole thing and then tells them what their what, what their father said and is seeking mercy, and understandably so. But again, this shows their heart because they could have just fled and, and took off uh, sorry, Dad. You were right. We shouldn't have taken him. Now, uh, you know, but they but they didn't. This time, they actually thought of their father. They didn't want to hurt him again, like they had already done. This shows a change in their hearts. As wicked as they were, this shows a change in their hearts. And to me, that's a very hopeful thing. That anyone even scoundrels like Joseph's brothers can change if they're willing God offers that same offer to us we can't change ourselves we can change if we submit ourselves to the power of God and then he changes us from the inside out but it's on our own, we can't change, but with God, we can. And so that's one of the main lessons that I get out of this particular uh, chapter. Now, going back to Genesis forty-four sixteen for a second here, it says, What can we say, my Lord? Judah replied, What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt we are now my lord's slaves we ourselves and the one who is who was found to have this cup and the question here is what iniquity do you think judah is referring to here obviously i think it's there's no question it's referring to their selling of joseph into slavery that's the guilt that he's talking about and then the subsequent lying they've basically been living a lie ever since at the expense of their own fathers peace and enjoyment of life what insight does this give you about the effect or consequence of sin well it shows that the couple of things number 1 it shows galatians 6:7 which wasn't written yet obviously because that's the new testament but The principle of Galatians 6-7 is universal and for all time, which says that which you, uh, uh, whatever you plant, you will harvest, or the traditional rendering, whatever you sow, you shall also reap. Um, But it also shows the guilty conscience, again, the the, the heavy burden of guilt. It's how heavy and weighty that can be. a person that's plagued with it that's why you know Jesus said uh, take my yoke upon you because my burden is light my yoke is easy and my burden is light the weight of sin is too much for any one person to carry the consequences of it but we can trade that to the Lord we can give that to Jesus and he can take all that he did it on the cross all we have to do is give it to him and he'll receive it and he'll give us what we don't deserve the mercy and the forgiveness that Joseph will later show to his brothers here in this uh, in later chapters as a matter of fact we're getting up pretty close to that right now so I really like this precept ministry study because it helps us to slow down and observe the Bible like like we've been doing God honors the diligence of this type of study and gives us opportunities to share what we've learned with others and that's why you know i got these studies as a gift um and i'm very thankful for it and i could have done this on my own but i didn't want to just do it on my own i wanted to share it with you guys that's why i started doing the that's one of the reasons i started doing this podcast in the first place or one of the reasons i started going down this road with my podcast is because I wanted to share this journey with everyone. I didn't want to just do it myself. I wanted to share it with others, which is exactly what this uh, study is um, supposed to do. Now, um, if you are parents, this says to think of how you could do this as a family study time observing the text together each in your own Bible and the discussions that could be had and that's a, that's another great thing to do if you're not doing a podcast like me use this use a study like this again this is precept ministries you can find these studies at precept.org um, they've got a lot of great studies that through every book of the Bible through many different subjects and topics in the Bible um, they've got all sorts of different things. They've got things for kids. They've got things for adults, which is what this is, the adult study, but they've got kids stuff. Um, they've got something called Cookies on the Lower Shelf. Um, they've got some great teaching audio. Uh, they, they, Again, Kay Arthur, the founder of this ministry, had a, a TV show for a long, long time called Precepts for Life. I don't think she's doing new ones anymore, but... She, uh, the, the show's still aired and still shown, reruns of it. I don't, I, I don't think she's doing new ones anymore. She might be. I haven't watched her for a while, but, um, I, but she, it's just really good stuff. So if you're, if your parents, if you're a family, if you're a couple, or if you just have a roommate and if you have roommates, um, if you live in a neighborhood, you want to get, uh people in the neighborhood together and do your own little Bible study if you have a life group uh, preset ministry study I would highly recommend that for for your life group you could take a you could divide this up over five days which it already does for you here in the, the study guides are divided up into five days and you got you could do the week's worth of study on your own individually, and then come together once a week, and and talk about what you got out of it. Talk about some of the questions. I mean, again, this precept.org where you can find a lot of these things. this is really good stuff. But um, that's about all I have for. today um, sorry I was reading through the rest of the notes there to see if there was anything else for today's study sorry Ginger I didn't mean to disturb your nap on one of my cats there but that's all I have for today for the Wisdom on Wheels podcast um, I hope you've gotten something out of this uh, I like my Word of Promise audio Bible I think the the, the voices and the people on there the overall quality of the audio is just better, but I just I, I couldn't get it to work today, so that's why we went with this one. Um, I'm going to try to have that better for Genesis 45, which we will be doing next time here on the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. Again, this has been this is Steve Johnson, um, and you can email me at wisdomonwheels83 at gmail.com, and I look forward to being with you again next time as we begin Genesis 45 and the historical events of Joseph and his brothers continue. Until then, God bless and have a good night.